Hello, everybody. Welcome to Following Jesus with Christ Church. My name is Andrew Vandermoss, one of the pastors at Christ Church. And I'm Addison Hawkins, friend, colleague, and co-host with Andrew. Over the next 20 minutes or so, we hope to share some observations and some stories about following Jesus from our little perspective here at Christ Church in Grand Rapids. Hey friends, it's Addison here again, and I want to invite you to our upcoming event called the Labrie Way Conversations with Schaefer. This three-week online event is available to you for free. You don't have to know anything about Labrie. You don't have to know anything about Francis Schaefer. All you have to do is sign up. You'll get the lectures handed to you in an email, and you can then listen to them, come prepared for some discussion, and we'll talk about them. These lectures are so ripe for right now, when we're asking questions about how do we live? What do we do with our Christian faith? How does it impact our time during COVID. So why don't you pause this right now, go down to the show notes, click the link and sign up. With us today on Following Jesus, we have Mr. Dan Dank. Dan and his wife Sharon have been at Christ Church for a number of years. Uh, I think it's been over 40. Dan, welcome. Great to have you on the podcast. Thanks. Good to be here. Good to see you guys as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So over 40 years at Christ Church, uh, how many children do you have, Dan? Four, four children, uh, kind of scattered around the world. Scattered yeah. around the world. And they're part of the story that we're going to get to in, in just a minute. Uh, but uh, I know folks have been praying for you and Sharon. You guys in the last year have both had some health things going on. So how are you guys doing? How are you doing during the pandemic? Yeah, we're doing well. We're, we're you know, we're kind of hunkered down like many others. Uh, we still get some contact with our daughter, Allison, in town and their family. Uh, but uh, Sharon's doing well. She's still c- kind of working on keeping her diabetes under control. Um, and uh, but she's been been healthy and and, and keeps busy. And uh, and I'm still battling this bladder cancer. And um, that's still non invasive. Uh, and so not life-threatening, but it's been recurring. So that's a concern of which they're trying some new treatment coming up here in a couple of weeks to okay. see if we can get that um, under control. Um, but I feel good. I feel strong. And, and, and that's, I've been thankful for that. Um, yeah. I, every time I ask you, I keep expecting you to say, yeah, I'm not feeling very well, but you always are like, yeah, I feel okay. So I'm yeah. glad to hear that. Yeah, that is a good sign too, right? I mean, you're also super involved with a lot of different things. I serve on the missions committee with you. I, I see you yeah. at least now via Zoom sometimes at the session meetings and I just see you around, which is great. And one of the bigger things that you've got going on right now is you're actually under, you're taking up, you're writing a book and you've been oh. working on a book, which is cool. So tell us a little bit about that, about the journey of joy. You actually use that language in, in, in the introduction that you sent us. Journey of joy, or, or, yeah, road to joy. Um, it's kind of ironic that I'm working on a, a book on joy in, in the middle of fighting uh, bladder cancer yeah. and, and now being uh, kind of quarantined at home. And uh, But that has actually given me an opportunity being at home more uh, and without lots else going on to actually finish the first draft of this book uh, on joy. And, um, and it's, it's been a good discipline for me. Got, it's gotten me into the scripture in a very deep way uh, and, um, and forced me to think through uh, this topic. I've been, um, well, it, it started actually several years ago when 
our oldest daughter, Ramona, who is our missionary midwife daughter, and uh, was home visiting. And we were sitting around the breakfast table and uh, just the two of us uh, and having a conversation. And, and uh, she looks at me and she said, Dad, you seem to have lost some of your joy lately. And so um, after getting over my initial defensiveness and, and wanting to give all the excuses why that might be, um, I just paused and said, okay, tell me more. And, hmm. and she did. She, Ramona is actually probably one of the gentlest people that I know. And so she was able to do that in a, in a wonderful way. And, um, and so she had been doing some thinking about this. And, and of course, being a good university kid, she had a, a book to recommend. And that was Mike yeah. Mason's uh, book on, uh, it's called Champagne for the Soul. Um, and uh, we, I'd already read his other book on the mystery of marriage. And we had mm -hmm. given many of those away to couples, engaged couples. Um, and, uh, so I thought, okay, let's, I'll get into this book. So did that and read it a couple times through, it's kind of a 90 day experiment Enjoy. He's the former worship director at Regent college in Vancouver. And, uh, so he's just a, got a great writing, uh, very thoughtful writing style. And, um, I, I, that got me started and then I had to do a kind of a thorough biblical study on what the Bible actually said about joy. And, uh, and that, that um, put me on this journey of doing quite a bit of teaching in different contexts uh, at our camp, Cedar campus and uh, adult class at Christ church and different situations uh, that further developed this. And then people were starting to say, you really should, you sh should really get this in, in writing. And, and so that, I started writing this book, which is the first time I've taken on that kind of a task. Yeah, that's awesome. So how are you, uh, describe, define joy for our listeners as you think about joy, and maybe in, in your uh, definition, maybe contrast it with something like happiness or something that joy isn't necessarily. Right, right, yeah. Um, so joy... Uh, in contrast to happiness. Uh, the word happiness actually comes from the idea of happenstance. And uh, so happiness is, is dependent more on the circumstances of our life and what's happening at the moment. And um, happiness is, uh, there's just been a lot of books written on the, on the pursuit of happiness mm. uh, and, and uh, kind of self-help books to figure out how to find happiness and that sort of thing. But um, happiness is more fleeting and fickle uh, and dependent on, as my one uh, friend says, happiness depends on the haps, you know, Dan depends on the happenings. And, and that's right. Uh, it does. And, and joy is more linked with, uh, especially in, in a biblical sense, with a, a frame of mind, a steady uh, posture toward life, a steady uh, attitude toward life that has hope and, um, and a, a sense of peace. And um, it, it's, it, uh, it's uh, something that, that uh, is not so fleeting. It, it is an emotion. Sure, certainly joy is, has an emotion uh, connected to it, but it, it really is something more steady and persevering than that. Um, it's uh, something that can e even see us through times of struggle and suffering and loss. Um, and, and as Christians, because 
of God's presence. Um, and we would say joy is actually a gift from God. Um, mm -hmm. It's certainly one of the fruit of the Spirit yeah. um, and associated with uh, having the indwelling Holy Spirit within us. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Even like the way that you put it in your introduction, you know, you said we might say that joy is a hopeful and peaceful outlook on life, a deep seated sense of well-being, just sort of that, mm -hmm. you know, it's not just uh, fleeting in that sense. We were talking before we pressed record a little bit offline. How are joy and sorrow linked? Right. Uh, it's, um, well, in the Old Testament, you, you have uh, a linkage between joy and sorrow, often uh, in, in the sense of um, uh, going through a time of sorrow and coming to joy out the mm -hmm. other end, out the other side of that. And um, so we think of Psalm 30, you know, he has turned my mourning into dancing, mourning, M-O-U-R-N, right. into dancing. Mm -hmm. uh, so he has turned my, you know, dressed me up to remove the sackcloth and dress me up in clothes of joy. And, um, and I think that idea we see again and again, in the old Testament of, of sorrow being turned into joy. And as we know, many of the Psalms are Psalms of lament and, uh, and, but most of the time those Psalms end in praise and Thanksgiving uh, with some exceptions, but, um, but that's sort of the pattern of the new of the old testament in the new testament we actually find them even more side by side of joy in the midst of suffering and joy um uh that comes to us i mean Pete, uh, james you know starts right off with uh counted all joy uh, brothers when all manner of trials you know come into your life and we it, we get kind of suspicious about james at that point you know world <laughs> we live in and uh, but he really means it, and uh, of course the the key to that statement is in the word consider. Mm. Um, that is, take a different take a different interpretation of these trials in your life than might normally happen. Mm. Um, but yeah, it again and again it, uh, in the New Testament, the same passage, the same verse, often will have joy and suffering and uh, mingled together. And that, that was striking to me as I did a, a, a biblical study. And it seems so timely. I mean, here we are in the middle of this pandemic and so many of the things that are would be comfort to us, yeah. things that would be part of the rhythms and the securities of life have been taken away from us. And so we're experiencing suffering in a different way. And so I think a lot of folks I, I know are wrestling with a sadness uh, how do we find joy in the midst of this? But I, I love that idea of considering, considering yeah. that God might even meet us in the here and now. Right. Yeah. And we should be asking the question, you know, what, what is God trying to tell me? Uh, I mean, as I deal with cancer, bladder cancer, you know, I've asked the question, you know, what do you want to teach me, Lord? What is this? This is a trial. This is a test that has come into my life. And, um, and I want to hear your voice in this and know more of your presence in this. That's right. I mean, it's, consider it means, you know, consider the possibility that God might intend this for something good in your life and, and that he does intend it for something good and to be character building and bring you to maturity and greater empathy and, you know, any number of things that right. we might want, we might need to learn. But yeah, you're right. D during this time, 
I often think, boy, all the props have been knocked out, you know, from yeah. so, socially from us. I mean, the, all the diversions have been sort of removed. Uh, you know, there's no sports. There's the entertainment industry is on hold. Our friends, many of our friends are sort of on hold. Um, our social gatherings. Um, and, uh, and it does kind of force us in a situation to think, boy, what, um, what is life all about? What is it that makes life worth living? And where is my life at? And um, where am I at on this journey? And this, it's a great opportunity, I think, in this time of greater seclusion to be pondering those questions. And that's one thing that this writing has helped me to do and forced me to do um, along the way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of what you were just talking about, you know, it's what James says, you know, consider, right? Looking at our circumstances, you know, for a lot of people, tough circumstances, hard things are going on They're, You know, they are going through trials. They are having to persevere through different things because of this COVID time, you know, but in some sense, it raises sort of that idea of the urgency of joy, you know, that really there's no time for us to waste and in, in, in figuring out what is Christian joy look like. Could you speak just a little bit to the idea of urgency for the world, urgency for Christian joy? Right. I mean, if you start to think, well, how many joyful people do I know? Hmm. Um, I'm guessing there aren't many. Uh, hmm. And, and uh, so there's not a lot of joy in our society. I think, for, for one thing, we live in a very secular society where the, you know, the idea of transcendence is, is really been mm. knocked out. Um, the idea of wonder, imagination, um, just awe, bliss, you know, and uh, all those things, you know, are not, are not the voices that we hear in our society. Um, people talk about this emerging generation, the Gen Z or what different names that have been given to it, you know, is, is a, not a happy generation. They're sometimes called the ticked off generation, you know, by the, by the, the, the if we think of in terms of cards, the hand that's been, been dealt to them is not a happy one. And um, so, you know, it, it, there's a, that sense of urgency. I think many people that I talk to have kind of given up on joy or, or what I read and, and um, just uh, given up on, on happiness, given up on joy and, uh, and, and, and that's a serious concern. And, and I also, and there's also a sense that I, that people have lost their capacity for joy. Um, fill, when a life, you know, a life is filled with so much diversion um, and the internet now, you know, has, you know, made it nonstop. There, it just, you know, so many uh, distractions are, that are at our fingertips all the time that, um, we don't really need to think about the deeper questions of life. What is, what's, what is it that gives life meaning? What is it makes, that makes it worth living? People like Miroslav Wolf at, at, uh, at Yale Divinity School you know, have been raising this question of, of um, what, is, what is it that makes life worth living? And, and what is human flourishing? And how does Christian joy relate to human flourishing? And what is the good life? And um, those kind of questions. So, yeah, it's... Um, there's a, there is an urgency about it. And I think as, as Christians trying to make the gospel attractive, um, a life of joy is certainly one of those things that is attractive. I mean, when yeah. you meet a joyful person, 
they're fun to be around. Mm, and, for sure. Uh, and sure. It, it, it's contagious, you know, and, um, and I, more and more, I think of Jesus as being that kind of person. I know that's not the image that is often portrayed in the films and in, in um, the, the pictures that we have of him. But uh, I just conclude that Jesus must have been a, a joyful person. And even says in John 15, 11, uh, I, my joy, I, I put my joy in you to the disciples and mm. your joy will be complete. Well, if he puts his joy in them, then he must have had joy uh, in his own life. Yeah, oh, that's really good. Yeah, that's really good. And, it, I, you know, as you are saying these, I have so many thoughts coming through my mind. I'm regretting that we re, uh, limit these podcasts to about 20 <laughs> minutes. I, I feel like we could spend the next hour or so talking and um, it's just so challenging, but also encouraging uh, just to think about the idea of sorrow and joy, not necessarily being opposed to each other. And so even in a time like now, as a believer, as a Jesus follower, and I think the invitation too is for those who aren't Jesus followers to really lean into the source of joy. Uh, I, I often think about Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Uh, so very similar to what Jesus says to the disciples. Uh, how, how would you talk about that? You know, if somebody came to you and said, you seem to, uh, I seem to have lost the joy. How do I get it? How do I acquire it? Where, where does it come from? How do you, where, what direction do you point them? Right. Um, well, back to Jesus, obviously. Right, right, right. There, you know, there is joy in, in following Jesus. There is joy in serving Jesus. And if we've lost the joy, then somewhere along the line, we must have got off on a detour. <laughs> you know, and I think I need to ask myself the question then, am I, and, and, and as I did when my daughter challenged me with this, you know, is it still Jesus I'm following? Mm. Or have I got off on some kind of detour? But for me, it's it's back to the cross, you know, back to back to the essentials of what it means to belong to Christ and, and to be reminded of the wonderful redemption that he's provided to us. Um, and, uh, you know, there, there are, there are also what I discovered in, in the biblical study is there are, there are enemies of joy and there are friends of joy. Yeah. And I think it's good to know what, what those are, you know, um, some of the, the enemies of joy, you know, for example, are, you know, are despair and, and, uh, um, hopelessness. And um, if that's the case, we need to, or what some the, the classical uh, people called sloth. Uh, and so we need to recognize that, that life is a battle. Life is a struggle. And um, the Christian life is a battle. Uh, the biblical, uh, you know, idea is there. Paul says, we, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You know, we're in a battle here and we need to lean into the battle at times and, and, um, and find, and our joy is what gives us the strength to carry us through those times. You're right. I mean, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And um, sometimes people object to joy because it, it, you know, what about all, how can you be joyful when there's all this suffering in the world and sorrow in the world? And, and, and George MacDonald has one of his characters say in one of his uh, books, uh, take away my joy and I'm no good to anybody. 
you know, it's my joy that gives mm. me the strength to be able to minister and reach out to other people. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. You know, I, I think a lot of what we're talking about right now, like Andrew said earlier, I mean, you're writing a whole book on this. In some sense we could yeah. do, we could do a long, you know, podcast series on this. You know, I know you're doing other things, uh, like you said, you're teaching at Christ church on this and other events that you've been doing, um, with it, but, you know, can you give us sort of like clo closing remarks in terms of, you know, how we can expect the book? Do you have a timeline? What are you thinking oh. about? Well, it's it, rough draft is finished. Um, I was reading one, uh, Don, Donald Miller, who, who wrote the book Blue Like Jazz. Uh, mm -hmm. He's got now a kind of a writing, a writing well um, website. And um, he said, uh, most people never finish their rough draft because they think it's their final draft. And, and I have no illusions of that. So I'm just constantly revising and, and getting help from other people. Mm. I just... I just, I have a, a chapter on joy and worship, and I just sent that to Susan and asked for her feedback on that one. Uh, so I'm, I'm just getting a lot of uh, feedback. And, and so I think within the next uh, couple months, I'll look toward submitting it to some potential publishers, starting with IVP, um, since that's my roots, uh, but, um, and see where it goes. And, and if I need to self-publish it, I'll do that. But We'll see how that develops, but yeah, it's been it's been a fun journey, uh, and I sure don't have all the answers. and And I'm kind of not a, a likely prospect for a book on joy in the sense I'm, yeah. you know, I'm an academic thinker. I I'm an analytical thinker. Mm. I tend to see what's wrong with the world rather than what's right with the world, and and so it's been uh, it's been good for me. It's been a, a challenge for me, and. Um, and I think God, you know, God made us for joy. Hmm. Uh, I firmly believe, and uh, we're we're made for joy, and that's why we long for it so desperately. And we're destined for joy. That's where we're going. Hmm. You know, Isaiah talks about everlasting joy. The kingdom, the eternal kingdom, is a place of everlasting joy, and that's hmm. where we're going. And 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 that should, you know, that should therefore. Um, tell us what our what our mission in this life and in this mm. world is all about yeah that's really wonderful thank you so much for for coming on and spending a few minutes uh you mentioned isaiah we had mentioned this beforehand you shall go out in joy be led forth in peace the mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands uh, I, I know that that is just such a great promise that God gives his people. And, and I hope that our just spending a few minutes with this today uh, creates a, a, a bright light in our listeners' uh, hearts and minds, uh, not just from thoughts from a few guys coming together to talk, but, but really inspired by the Lord who invites us into that life of joy. So thank you, Dan, for joining us. Thank you to our listeners for joining us. Uh, may you all have a blessed day, and we'll see you again. Thanks for listening. We're glad you checked us out. If you want more from Christchurch, you can find us at our website. It's ChristchurchGR.org. That's ChristchurchGR.org. While you're there, check out the Staying Connected During COVID-19 page for more resources, our home worship guide, the latest podcast, and other ways to stay connected. 
You can find this podcast on many of your regular podcasting apps, or that is through Apple iTunes or the Google Play Store. If you enjoyed this content, please consider giving us a rating and a review. Also, sharing this episode with a friend or family member is a great way to keep them connected. We're so glad you checked in. We'll see you next time.